1: Thanks for joining us. We are recording this part, and where are we? The end of November 2023?
0: We are. And welcome to episode 124, A Conversation with Amy Chang.
1: First, we want to give a shout out to our friend, Rebecca Bradley. She was the one that yelled my name when we were at NCSM, I guess it was, at the hotel lobby. And I turned around and I was like, huh, I don't recognize that name. And she's like, are you Laura from learning through math? And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, so cool. she tweeted. And by the way, her tweet handle, tweet handle. No, her Twitter handle is at our Brad teacher. She said at Lauren, Karina, my copy. And we're talking about productive math struggle. My copy was just delivered. So excited to join my first book club with you ladies. At Mrs. Cousins 5, while I won't yell to you across an NCSM <laughs> hotel lobby, I will still be very excited to meet you. <laughs>
0: Yay! <laughs> I That's love awesome. that. You can, still, you can that. yell in a hotel lobby my name. That's fine. That's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> well, because you weren't there. That's what she's saying. I know. But maybe someday <laughs> in the future. One can only hope, Laura. <laughs> well, you know, Phoenix
1: this summer... Just saying. I know, I know. We've got to make it
0: happen. I know, I'm planting the seeds. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see. It's You know, it's just crazy. I know, I do, I do. (laughs) Well, I figured it's only like four days
1: that we actually need, because we'll need one day to fly out, which by the way, we cannot take JetBlue because I already looked. We have to go from PBI to JFK to Phoenix. I was like, oh, heck no. So Sorry, JetBlue, you're not getting our business for this flight. But anyway, really? if we fly out one day and if the conference is just two days and then we fly out the last day, like the fourth day, then it's four days. So we're going to make it happen. Okay. We're, we're okay. going right. to make you're it happen. You're putting it
0: out there. Okay. I am
1: right. for sure. <laughs> okay. I have re- an excellent reflection.
0: Yes. Let's get to it.
1: And I did put it, I think I put it on Twitter, but I put it in all the BTC Facebook groups because I was so excited. I did, the answers are, with third and fourth grade students, the first, no, the two weeks before we were off for Thanksgiving break, when I was covering, you know, for SBT, and I actually had kids from all the classes, so it was completely random, thank me for, quote, teaching them math this way, or, quote, letting us do math like this. Like, it was... uh, I mean, if that doesn't sell you on BTC, I don't right. know what would. Right. Right. When you have children
0: thanking you. thanking you, mm-hmm. right? That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's wonderful. That's right. that was like a ref- a good news reflection. It w- but really was. But in we addition, do have good news. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In addition to our good news and reflection, our good news is we are on Thanksgiving break, baby. Like For the whole week. Oh my gosh, I, oh, I, I, in yes. some ways I'm I'm like, how is it the end of November already? And in some other ways, how is it only the end of November, right? What is happening? I, I just, whey. okay, anyway.
1: And, and I know that's supposed to be good news, but to be honest with you, I'm not looking forward to December because even though you just have, you know, two or four or five tests that you have to watch kids take. Yeah. I'm going to be on
0: the whole, the whole month of December. The whole month. Yeah. It's really, of just yeah. watching
1: children take a test.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know it, it's. Yeah. Okay. Listeners. I just want to tell
1: you, you're going to absolutely love this episode. And now here's a conversation with Amy Chang. We are so excited to have a friend of Well, mine, because I have met Amy in person twice now. It's twice. Yes. Yes. And Karina, you and Amy just met, you know. Yes. About 10 minutes ago. We are so excited to have Amy Chang to talk with us today. We're going to have a wonderful, amazing conversation with them. I did it. See that? Okay. Amy. Amy. Please tell the world all about you. And then I'll probably interrupt you and talk about BTC conference and NCSM conference and hugging you and all of that.
2: (laughs) Great. Okay. I, I also, I'm just so excited to be here. I just, I've been listening to you all. I have a long drive to my job in the morning and it just is such a pleasure to listen to you schmooze along with all these wonderful math ed people. So I'm super excited to be here. Um, I live in Western Massachusetts, and I am a pre K to twelve um, district math coach. And I work in a district that is pretty rural, so it's the largest geographic regional district in the state. It's two hundred fifty square miles, and K twelve we've got about eight hundred fifty students. So. It is rural. There are four elementary schools with one class per grade, and some of these classes have five, six kids. Um, so it's a really unique place to work. This is my fifth year there. Um, and I, I love this job. I feel really lucky because I landed a gig that um, I have a lot of autonomy and choice over what I do with my time, which just doesn't happen in public education. Um so I am um, I love the job that I've got right now. Um, and just felt so lucky to get to meet Laura last year at the BTC conference. We have a mutual friend Mariah mm-hmm. who was like you got to look for uh, Laura and the and the moment I arrived there just as I was feeling sad that I was there all alone there was Laura <laughs> with this big hug for me right at
1: the right at the door <laughs> at yeah. registration. Um, I just Yeah, I just never left your side after that. When I was volunteering for registration, I went over to the person who was in charge of the speaker badges and things like that, and I said to that person, when Amy Chang shows up, please let me know. And maybe it was like 10 minutes later, the woman behind the counter was like, Amy's here. And so I walked over, and I just kind of stood there and smiled. Now, did you even know what I looked like? No. Uh No. No, I had no idea. Oh, my god. But I saw this
2: big smile. Did I know it was you right away? Probably.
1: (laughs) That is too funny. Yeah. Giant hug ensued, and we ended up being conference buddies. I don't think we left each other's side. No. We were, I think we were together most of the time. And then not only was it lovely to do all that
2: thinking with you, but you did these really sweet things. Like you got me a vegetarian, you saved me a vegetarian sandwich on the second day, and you saved me a seat when I wasn't there at the right time. And you were just, I mean, as great a conference buddy as a guy could ask for. It was really great. <laughs> well, there you
1: go. Oh, and by the way, Karina, yeah, that when, okay, Annalise and I, when we just discussed the BTC three part three, I think it was. And we said that there was a panel of people up on the stage.
0: Yes. Amy yes. was one of them. Oh. I was- They were one of the big wigs you were talking about. Yep, I-, I didn't even know I was with BTC royalty the whole time. Right. And right.
1: how did that happen? How did you get up on stage? So <laughs> I
2: like Tammy received an email about, out before the conference that just said, um, we're going to have a a group of panelists and Peter would like you on that panel. Um, And Peter had seen me do a webinar for the Global Math Department back in April um, and in this webinar in the format that they've got you can't see who's out there for participants they can't unmute and share nothing but they can chat in and about halfway through i was presenting about all these things that i'd love to tell you about the same thing that i did at the at the btc conference um and halfway through i was asking participants you know chat in tell me what you're noticing and one of the people who chatted in was peter and while I was presenting about his work, I just about lost my mind. I watched yeah. this tape when I say, and Peter Liliadel says, <laughs> um, and then he wrote wonderful talk at the end and I just about lost my mind. So yeah. I emailed him the next day and just said, thank you so much for coming. Your research and your book is just revolutionizing what is happening in mathematics classrooms. And I am just grateful to be part of this movement. And then he wrote back with some specific positive feedback for me about what he really enjoyed about my little webinar. Um, Wow. And said, you know, if we're ever in the same place at the same time, please come introduce yourself. Um, And when I saw him at BTC, he remembered who I was. I was just over the moon.
1: Right. That's amazing. yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. So this has now led to um, a new gig for me. In addition to my job, um, I'm joining his team of facilitators.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) You're going to be the East Coast
2: rep. I'm going to be the East Coast rep.
0: I can't, I can't even, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's huge. That is. It's Yeah, it's massive. So I
2: am kind of in disbelief about it yet. All that's on the books is that I have some dates in Connecticut next year, which is great because I have a ton, a ton of learning to do between now and then. But I'm going next week to shadow Peter while he does a workshop in New York. Um, Yeah, I got to have lunch with him at NCSM. Um, I got to spend a day with him and Kim in New Jersey a couple weeks ago, just learning about what these workshops look like. I I just can't. I just keep pinching myself. I can't believe that this is part of wow. what I get to do right yeah. now. But it is like drinking from the fire hose to get up to speed with these
1: people. Oh, my gosh. First of <laughs> oh, all, I, I just want to say I'm so happy for you. And yeah. second of all, yeah. like, I feel like a proud mama. Like... <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Little baby's doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible.
2: It, it feels incredible. I mean it literally feels incredible, but I um I know that once I figure this out, I'm going to be able to do a fine job and I No, you're going to do an so... amazing
1: job. Yes.
2: <laughs> I just am so excited to be part of this thing that's happening that is just transforming what is happening in our classroom. This like operationalizing of student centered classrooms, you know, nothing, nothing has even come close to this. So yeah, it's going to be really incredible to be kind of at the heart of what's happening I know. Wow. <laughs> I know I know.
0: so does that mean Amy that you might be you'll probably be there in Arizona the next I'm gonna be there yeah yeah <laughs> yes I'm gonna you know last
2: year it was are you gonna be there in Arizona and I wasn't sure whether I would be able to get there but I'm, I'm gonna be part
0: of that conference yeah <laughs> you will yeah. definitely
1: be there now <laughs> I'm
0: gonna be there right on the other panel this time and that's so exciting yeah. That's I, I Listen, I need you, Amy, I need you to find out about Peter's videos. He's he was working on videos with BTC with his book and like i just want to see it in classrooms you know i do love oh, that yeah. btc ha- allows us to to still be our own teacher and still find what works for us and and so many of us have tweaked it and made it our own but i just i i just wish that there were more videos out there of teachers actually doing it so that we could learn from each other even more. You know what I mean? And grow in that community as well.
2: Absolutely.
0: I think the next book um, Peter and Megan are
1: doing, I think there's, aren't they going to put in QR like codes? Like QR codes with videos? That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yes, yes. Yeah, it'll be great
2: to see. I mean, I think I I'm working with a handful of teachers who are implementing BTC and they would love to get to see each mm-hmm. other. Yes. You know, even just the opportunity to step within a district and see somebody else implementing. I have a, a team at the middle school and I said something about the fourth grade teacher who was doing it and the seventh grade teacher said, we've got to get over there. We've got to go yeah. see them doing this in action. Yeah. It's so powerful. It is, And I have a couple of new um, high school teachers who have now seen this happening in the middle school and are starting to just get really inspired about you know classrooms looking like they've never seen before yep Mm -hmm. i mean it is so transformative Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah so one of the things that that i really have been thinking about a lot is just the beautiful things that that you've talked about and you've seen that happen in the classroom when you're implementing these teacher moves um, that you get to see students engaged and saying things to one another, like, I don't understand, can you explain that to me? Or, uh, you know, I feel really stuck, let's go look at so-and-so's work and they're sticking with it and persevering all these beautiful things. So I, um, and the teachers are starting to really hand over a lot of the power to students Mm -hmm. and that lets them feel really powerful. So um, this seventh grade teacher Laura Rubinaccio and I, who kind of teamed up, she was my pioneer. She and I um, read the book together and she just was ready to dive in. So she has been in this journey now for about a year and a half. Um, So she is really like moving into the later parts of the toolkit. But we saw these incredible things happening and we wondered whether students' experience was really the way it looked to us from the outside So we started taking some street data, interviewing students about what was their experience? What did it feel like? What was their confidence like in math? Um, And treating these interviews as if they were really the kind of data that we're used to looking to, right? Numerical data or this like dehumanizing, red, yellow, green data that I just don't wanna, I don't wanna look at that anymore. It's starting to feel really gross to yes. look at kids that way. Right. And there is a place where it's incredibly valuable, right? Like I do need to know what content areas need strengthening and think about my instruction in that way. But I also just am really interested in prioritizing student well-being, And I have this feeling that when we're able to do that, so many other things are gonna fall into place. So we've been looking at these interview data as if, um, as if they're numeric data, numerical data, just like running a data protocol. What can you see? What can you count? What do you notice? Let's keep it really low inference and then start to think about what is the data telling us? What do we continue to wonder about this? So Laura and I played with this last year um, starting in the wintertime. And then it just led to lots more changes in her classroom and then lots more questions. And it was sort of just all over the place, but we just got more and more interested and curious about what was happening for students. So this year in four, so all of our seventh grade, all of our eighth grade and a fourth and fifth grade as well, I've interviewed every student about because I want I would like to have benchmark data just like we do mm-hmm. for everything else that we do in math you know Laura and I wondered we can see that students are feeling good about themselves now but does this reflect a change from the beginning the beginning of the year we didn't know because we hadn't collected that data yet so I interviewed all of these students about um, how do you feel about yourself in math are you good at math or just how do you feel And then how do you know that you're good at math or you're meh at math or you're pretty okay? And then um, what do you do if you get stuck? And is there anything your teachers could do to make math better for you? Um, And it was so cool. It was so cool to sit down with these students. It's always such an honor. And I know that you both, I mean, I've heard you both say these things about Mm -hmm. sitting with students and having them share their thinking with you you know, to sit down and have kids share with me how they feel about themselves with math. It just is really an honor to to hear from them. And next week we're having a data meeting at the middle school and we're we've smushed our state data out. You know, the it was up to me to set the agenda for the meeting. And I said, we're not going to look at our state data. We know that we've got two teachers who are implementing BTC who are you know delivering some of the most engaging and rigorous and comprehensive math instruction in the district so what happens on the state test happens on the state tests, and what we really want to look at is what are students experiencing so I'm just like yes finally yes. a chance to do this thing um you know I don't know what's going to happen it feels like a lot of an experiment but um You know, I just think there's so many ways that we're going to be able to look at this data because now we know how everybody started the year. Um, And, you know, we'll get to see what happens in the middle. We can track the whole class. We can track an individual student. We can look at students on IEPs. We can look at our Bipoc students and really hone in on student experience. So it's I'm super excited okay.
1: about this. First of all, I want to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. Yeah. And yeah. second yeah. of all, can you come to Florida, please? Like, yes. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh my gosh, I I can't wait to see what data comes out of all of this. And what was the last question yeah. I wrote down? What can your teachers do better for you or something like that? What was your?
2: Yeah. What, what, what can they do to make math class, to make better, math for class you? better
1: for you? Yeah.
0: What I'm you curious know, I, it, as to what that, what the answers were for that question.
2: You know, a lot of them said, no, I think math is pretty good. The eighth graders I happened to interview on a day where they got a new seating arrangement. So I would say about half of them said they could, you know, she could seat me with my friends, (laughs) (laughs) but um, most of them, and some of them said, you know, I'd like her to give me more instruction to go a little bit more slowly, but the majority of students and I haven't counted yet, I am trying to sit with the data Mm -hmm. with the teachers together but um, most of them felt pretty good about what's happening.
1: Wow. And this was pre-BTC or this was the group from seventh grade that moved to eighth grade? These are
2: our current seventh and eighth graders who are stepping into a class where BTC is already in place. Okay. But I did just want to see what happens in their experience over the course of the year, because although our current eighth graders had this experience in seventh grade our current seventh graders had something very different in sixth mm-hmm. grade um so i just am eager to see what shifts for them over time can we have a slide got to do deck this-
1: or your, your whatever <laughs> like
2: it's not there it's not there
1: yet it's right like no but when it yeah. when it comes out
2: yeah i i you i think it'll be interesting you know i just i'm not sure what is going to happen with all of this but i also i got to share the data with the fourth and fifth grade classroom teachers they couldn't wait to get their hands on it and um i said to them both before we looked at it i said what would you hope that your kids would say about mm. what tells you you're good at math you know what do you wish they would say about that not what do you imagine they're saying right now but and these two teachers said these beautiful things. The fifth grade teacher said something about um, not just doing math, but solving problems. Mm-hmm. You know not just like getting the math done, but solving problems." And the fourth grade teacher said, "Well, I think what makes you good at math is persevering and collaborating and taking risks and knowing that you can do it. Um And then we got to look at what their students said which was, which were not those things. You know, they said things like, well, I'm really good at my five and my fives and oh, my tens tables, yeah. right? I had like a 90% in on my tests last mm-hmm. year. And that's how I know I'm good at math, or I know I'm good at math, because I got everything right, or I'm pretty fast. So both of these teachers then had some reflections about, oh, if this is what I'm seeing, and this is where I want it to be then these are the things I have to start doing to make that shift for my students. And I felt like, yes, this is, you know, I wasn't sure what I want to do with this, but this is such a clear path forward as a coach to say, you know, what do you hope your kids are going to say about what it means to be good at math. Um, And for them to start thinking about how to move their, their students based on the data move towards that direction. It was, I was, so excited that day it was kind of silly I was like this is the thing <laughs> like we're doing something together it's going to make a huge difference for these students right yes because then the fourth grade teacher says oh I need to make sure that I'm calling out moments of perseverance and collaboration yeah. and inviting students to do the same thing which is such a beautiful what a beautiful and and necessary part of math class right yes so I'm psyched to see what will happen.
1: I'm psyched too, and I'm not (laughs) even with you. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you get to present all of this at the BTC conference in Arizona in the summer. That would be a dream come true. Oh, well, we we must
2: make that happen. (laughs) No, that would be a dream come true. I'm working on the proposals for my state conference and NCSM are due at the beginning beginning of December. So I don't know where this project is going, but I feel like maybe writing a couple of proposals will help me shape,
1: shape. Narrow the focus and because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're gonna we have so much data.
0: Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah, it's yeah. a lot to look at, right? And I think the interesting thing is I feel compelled to quantify You know what I mean? It's really hard to stick with this qualitative data and just live with it as it is. But that challenge, I think, is what makes it is going to make a difference, right? To keep these um, keep these beautiful students as human beings and Mm -hmm. see them that way. So, of course, I'm really interested in the mathematics and all of that as well. But I, I right now, I'm just on this kick about really prioritizing students' well being.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wish we could all be doing that in Florida. Yeah. So, I
2: know. I know.
1: I know. know. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right. I asked you before we started recording if we could talk about pronouns. Yes. And uh, this is a topic that Karina and I, I'm going to speak for you, Karina, too, that yep. we know so little about that we want to learn ab- about the they, them, everything because it's something that I'm very unfamiliar with, and I need to educate myself.
2: Yeah. Yes, so, ma'am. I mean, this this still for me is fairly new. Um, I had my own like gender reveal party for myself Good <laughs> during for the pandemic, you. right? <laughs> like during the pandemic, it was like, oh, turns out I don't identify as a woman, um, which came as a surprise in the moment and now in retrospect makes so much sense okay can you give us a little Um,
1: history before the gender reveal party yeah
2: so I mean I just um it was this it was that um spring of 2020 Mm -hmm. right when we were all locked in and it got to be summertime and I looked at my closet and I just thought I cannot put a dress on my body I just It was the weirdest thing. I just thought that absolutely could not go on my body. And then that turned into a whole variety of other things that just I couldn't wear, I couldn't do. I really didn't know what that was about. And it felt really odd that it was external, that it's gender expression and that it's clothing, which just feels kind of superficial. Mm -hmm. Um, Why would it matter what I put on my body? But with a lot of support, um, I just figured out that um, that I just don't identify as a woman. I don't, and, and for people who are non-binary like me, that can mean all sorts of things. In my case, I'm definitely not a man. <laughs> I also don't feel like a woman. Um, I just feel like Amy. I just am, I'm just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that can be really, sad and lonely and confusing and in other moments it can feel really victorious to have figured out who i am after 43 years um in a world where this person this being doesn't exist to have found myself and to be myself is really amazing um and you know i think i i wrote this to you both that i don't think it's a Sheer coincidence that I started to feel really interested in identity and and humanity in the math classroom around the same time. Right. that I got this really different perspective because I have lived my life as a white woman. and you know, you're still a woman, and there's all kinds of sexism and misogyny that goes along with that, particularly in mathematics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, when you suddenly have shift to this identity where, you know, I I kind of live in a marginalized identity. I still have the privilege of passing as, you know, I'm not going to turn heads. I don't walk into a room and people go, Whoa, you know, who's that? Um, But I don't fit yet. You know, I, I went to um, a conference, the new England conference, and they don't have pronouns on your name tag, which makes you know everybody assumes your gender all the time that's what we're used to doing right um so it makes it sort of uncomfortable i had all my friends write their pronouns i said here's your sharpie i'm gonna have you write your pronouns on your name tag so i'm not the only one but you know it's an interesting way to travel through the world and i'm thinking a lot about what it means to maybe step out Particularly on Peter's team, and just be more visible because I don't see a lot of folks in the math ed community who are queer. Particularly folks who are non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this. There's one or two people that I know of. I'm sure I'm sure we're out there. <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm going to be one of the first people stepping out, and that was true in my district too. I started this job as miss amy and then came back to work um, after the pandemic and was definitely deeply uncomfortable about coming out to everyone um, but way more uncomfortable to continue to be miss amy Mm -hmm. so i came out in every classroom in every school that fall which was just a huge amount of work because i it was all new to me
0: right
2: And you don't have to, I think, you know, there, there are ways that people can see something about you. And because it's pronouns that you use every day, it sort of forced this issue. It's a really interesting little niche place to be because if I want to be me, I have to come out. Um, And that you know, that's getting easier over time. Um, and I know that for students in my district, there are some of them that it just means the world. You know, they see me and they're like, "You, <laughs> I trust you. I know you. Yeah. I see you. You see me." Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't tell them that they've probably been out longer than I have. You know, I mean? <laughs> right? Like, you're my queer elder right now. <laughs> um, but you know, it's definitely shaped my perspective deeply. Everything, yeah.
1: Okay. Again, a million questions. Yeah. But before I ask you another question, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Because this is something super personal. Yes. For yourself, and that you didn't thank have you to for, share with yeah, everyone. and thank you for trusting us yes. with your story like yeah. this. This is amazing to me. Yeah. So thank, well, thank you so much you. for that. What do the students call you now? Amy. Just Amy. Just Amy. If they need a
2: something, they can call me Coach Amy. Uh, Okay. I tell them all the time, I just, Amy is what feels best to me. So please call me just Amy. And if that's not comfortable, you can call me Coach Amy. That's fine too.
1: Okay. Okay. And this whole idea, when you were talking, there's two words that I wrote down, which was fit in, that you didn't Uh feel like you fit in anywhere. Yeah. I just, to me, I hope you know that we all, like, wrap our arms around you, that you fit in with all of us, like, especially with me and Karina, and there are, I'm sure there's other huggers out there, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, that you would fit in with, um, <laughs> but I, I hope as a math community, we all make it seem easy for you to fit in I, I am i saying this the way i i don't know do you know what i'm trying to say s i do i think i do know what you're saying
2: um and i think i think all of this work right now about identity and um, supporting our students and creating safety in math is a huge part of that space I mean, for all of our students, but particularly our students with marginalized identities. Um, and I'm still reluctant to put myself in that category because i i don't I don't appear that way, right? Um, but I but I do just have a new lens on what that looks like and feels like to not see yourself anywhere. You know, I look at. Um, look at story problems. You ever seen anyone with they, them pronouns in a story problem? How hard would it be for Sally to use they, them pronouns? You know, it wouldn't be difficult at all. And it would mean the world to someone. Mm-hmm. And it's important for everyone. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I just am starting to feel comfortable enough to step out and ask for the things that I need to feel comfortable. Right. Like I, I wrote to the BTC organizers ahead of time and said, well, you have a gender neutral bathroom because I used a women's bathroom at one of the other conferences. And by the third day, it just left me feeling like in tears because oh. I just felt unseen. And I have all these internal debates like, you know, you, you did this for 43 years. Why can't you do this for three more days? And it's because I feel invisible and mm unseen and I know something about myself which is that this bathroom doesn't fit me anymore and they did it you know they had this bathroom and I was like "Woo, it's my own you know like (laughs) they did it like I have a space for me right um so it just yeah it's been a different way to travel through the world um but I think we're you know we're gonna grow into it we're gonna figure it out um and I'm gonna be there to (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what I'm gonna do but um be more visible, right? Like I'm going to be more visible than I would be comfortable being and it's going to be an important job. So I guess that's what's happening. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Speechless for the first time. Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know what to say now. Okay, I I because I've been thinking about this for a while now and I kind of feel and maybe You tell me if I'm right or wrong, Amy. But since they, them is usually with a plural, I kind of feel like we need new words. There are lots of other
2: words that people use. Um, So people who are non-binary will use a whole variety of other words. They, them just is the one that fits me. I think it might, I, I mean, I don't know, but it might be harder for people to use something altogether different. And I think about instances like if somebody left a wallet at the store, you would bring it up front and you would say, somebody left their wallet on the floor. Can you see if you can return it to them? Maybe, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, you might
2: say that. Right. Yes. Can you return it to them? Right. Somebody left their wallet on the floor. Yes. If you don't know someone's gender. Okay. This is right? helping. Yes. Somebody left their jacket behind. So we've done it before. It's just- Can you give me an you know, example a- of they then? Um, yeah, they they left they left the jacket. I hope they'll come pick it up later. Okay, yeah, okay. You know, it's just gonna it's just gonna take a shift, but I'm sure there are you know students in your school mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that are. That are, I mean, Florida. I can't even. I yeah can't even. Yeah, I can't. No, what
0: what what made me speechless was just thinking of how many other kids are feeling like you felt when you said you felt invisible, and and that just, oh, that's that's a lot. That's a big weight. You know, that's a yeah. That's that's just a lot. That's a that's a big statement and that just saddens me on so many levels and oh that that that's why my speech like that's where my speechlessness came from because I, I just yeah yeah and
2: I'm an adult right. right with the full support and love of my family right? and my professional community and it still is hard and lonely and isolating right. and I so I think often about what these little queer babies are going through all by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and lots and lots of kids, right? But this is just the perspective that is fresh and present for me at the moment. Mm-hmm, um, right. So I, you know, I think about these students that I run into and what it means for them to see me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have to try to, you know, stand up, put my shoulders back and mm-hmm. <laughs> be a big guy about it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my god! Counting on me. Which brings us back to BTC, right? <laughs> Which is the, the place where that is happening for students right now. Just feels like just this super exciting moment where we have these student-centered classrooms.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We found a way to really give teachers a discreet way, clear, explicit way to step back.
1: Yes. Yep. Um, and at, at the time of this recording, when we're recording this, everybody, this upcoming Friday is going to be my first book club with the teachers at my school. So in, oh, cool. in October, I did an hour presentation. Well, I didn't present. They actually did the work. And then we talked about, you know, this is just a little taste, but we're going to do the forward intro and chapter one. I think was the first one. And then because of Thanksgiving and all of this, we'll pick it back up in December and then go into January and probably the beginning of February. But I don't know how many people are actually going to come. There are, I think 11 people right now that have signed up to come on a Friday after school because we have no other days to do this. How amazing is that? Yeah, that says a lot that says a lot. Mm. And like you both said and like Peter
2: says really you just need the book and a buddy. Yeah. And yes. your first follower, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. And the first follower. <laughs> and the first follower
2: and then you'll have this movement up and running. Yeah. I mean this started really with Laura Rubinaccio, this 7th grade teacher being ready and eager to try all of this out. And then we got the eighth grade teacher on board and then other teachers are hearing about the success and getting ready to read the book. And now I've got this whole cohort of teachers that are seated in the middle of their classrooms watching their students at work. You know, they've settled into this place. At first, all of them felt really uncomfortable. Like I should be, there's something I should be doing. Right, my students are working, I'm not doing my job. And I would say, well, what is your job what is your job well i want them to be independent thinkers and i want them to have lots of agency and i want them to see each other as you know sources of knowledge all right well then sit down and do your job Right. <laughs> watch, them, watch them do their thing and it gets more comfortable over time um and to just to see the transformation not just in the students but in the teachers and the way that they're so proud of what their students can do um And what it allows them to see in their students' work and their students' thinking is just amazing. It's amazing.
1: Do your teachers now, when they sit in the center of the room, do they have clipboards? Do they have notebooks? Like, what are they doing? I know they're not just sitting back, kicking up their feet, drinking their coffee, you know? Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My seventh and eighth grade teachers have a pretty... um, clear rubric that they developed with the students about the three competencies about perseverance, collaboration, risk taking. They defined those categories with their students, what is it not and what does, what does it not look like and what does it look like? And then they've just got an arrow continuum, continu- you know, between mm-hmm, those two. Yep. Here's what it's not, here's what it is and the students place themselves along that continuum and the teachers do as well so sometimes they're sitting and watching for one of those competencies sometimes they're watching particular students for the content that's at hand you know i know that these these students seem to have got it these are the students i have questions about and what does that tell me about you know, where we need to look next. And some of them are watching just the kind of the dynamics of the group and what do we need to figure out next. Yeah, I talked to a teacher who had a student who just was not able to participate in a group. And they had, he said, can we have a conference and talk about how to figure this out together? And they decided that anytime he started in a group, she would hand the marker to him and he would start writing and it changed everything. Uh-huh. He was able to get, right? He was able to get up and get started every time he worked with whoever it was that he worked with. So it feels more like a conductor of an orchestra. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got their own part and they're playing, and you just need to work out some of the details. But I think, you know, I think about how teachers end up circulating while students are working. um, And you don't actually, even though you're busy and you're hustling, you don't get to see a lot of what's going on because you are responding in the moment. Mm you saw Peter's talk, Laura, yes. at NCSM. I think about he, you know, he gave this description of rats in a maze, mice in a maze, and I, I haven't debriefed, debriefed
1: Karina at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> but go um,
0: ahead, no. tell her so that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, you're yeah. Tell tell me, no, she that. wants
1: okay. to know so badly. I do. I
0: want. I right. want more, and <laughs> she's not giving me anything. Okay. I know. He was talking about the feedback that we
2: give students and that you know we're like the scientists watching these mice in a maze. And if you've got one mouse in there, you can say, all right, I want you, you're going to turn left, you're going to turn right, you're going to go straight. And then when you get to the wall, stop there and wait for me. And then you've got a second mouse in the maze, you're going to give directions and feedback to that mouse. But then when you go back to your previous mouse, they're not in the place that you thought they were going to be. And you have to locate them in the maze and help them find their way through from there. And then you've got, you know, 20 of these mice and it's just not possible to provide that kind of feedback in mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm. to keep them all headed in the right direction. So we have to, he said, we have to take the mice
1: out of the maze. And mm-hmm. let them right? have, have the, see. the overview yeah, have to of to the maze. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I know, so many, so
2: many things. And that was, I mean, that was in the context of assessment and feedback which I haven't, we haven't really fully gotten there yet, but we're starting to think about how to give kids a roadmap at least so they know um, that the unit isn't just a a, a set of discrete facts um, or, you know, little pieces of knowledge, that it's something that's tied together. It's part of a story. That's Mm -hmm. part of a bigger picture. Yeah, that that everything intertwines.
0: Yes, right. We
2: can see that. We can see that. But how how are
1: they supposed to know? And right, why adding even brand new teachers? They don't yeah. know. They don't right. know what they don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Holy I know. How do you keep your eye on the math horizon if you're just looking at what happens the next day? Yes, right. right? Where Where are they going to be in June? Where are they going to be when they're in ninth grade? And how does my work connect to that? If I can't, you know, for for very real reasons, think beyond what happens tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah hard to hard to help our students see the maze when we can't see it ourselves
0: is there anything anything else like last thoughts or things that you wanted to share amy that you haven't yet said no i just i'm really grateful to get to sit with you both i've been fans Aww.
1: i mean
2: not for very long because i didn't know laura forever but right ever since june i've been a huge fan so Aww. i'm just really excited to get to sit down with you both tonight what a treat for me what a treat for
1: us i mean yeah yeah and congratulations again wow oh Thank you.
0: I know. Wow. Thank I'm so, you. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're we're catching you at the beginning of this, and then we are yeah. going to get to see you grow, and we're going to have you back so that you can tell us more things, and and you're going to keep us in the loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait.
2: Yeah. So much to learn. Aww. It'll be great.
0: Yeah. Thank you both so much. Thank you, thank you Amy. You.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Karina. Wow. Right. Oh, so good. I mean, I've learned so much and I'm just so touched and honored that Amy was so brave with us and so vulnerable with us yes. and shared so much about their journey. Yeah. It was just so important to hear. I know. And I'm still trying my best to change my
1: pronouns too, you know? Yeah. It, it will be a challenge for me because you know all this
0: time, fifty-three years—it's habit. Left, it is habit, right.
1: and we just it's have habit. to create new
0: habits, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And Listeners. thank you. Oh, sorry, to, nope. no, no. Thank, thank you to Amy for having that patience with us and the yes. understanding to really just l- let us make mistakes and then correct them. Yeah, so I think that that was really important too. So important.
1: Okay, listeners, your challenge this week is think about what are some different ways that you can collect data in your classroom.
0: Thanks for joining us.
1: We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag
0: learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you to you too.